Welcome to the Black Real Estate Voices podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. Today, we have a guest by the name of Mr. Justin Williams. How you doing, Justin? Hey, I'm great, Kevin. How are you? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Justin, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, so again, I'm Justin Williams. I'm located here in Birmingham, Alabama. I've been in real estate now for eight years. A new father to a four-month-old uh, young boy. Man, he's He's kind of taking my whole world upside down. Uh, so really excited about that. Um, man, just enjoying life, just enjoying being in real estate, you know, navigating the market, doing all the things that we do on a daily basis uh, in the industry. And I mean, that's just a short little description of me. So what were you doing prior to real estate? So before real estate, I was actually working for a local nonprofit called Growing Kings. And we were basically mentoring the at-risk males in our Birmingham City Schools. So I absolutely loved what I was doing there. It's just nonprofit. It's literally nonprofit. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's nonprofit for all the people that's involved as well. So, I mean, again, I really had a bug for real estate. And at the time, I wasn't married. We didn't have any kids or anything like that. So that was a great opportunity for me to go ahead and, and take that jump into the business and for me to be able to just still kind of volunteer my time without having to be kind of tied to the clock there. Got you. So what was it that got you into real estate? So uh, I have an aunt that's a broker over in Atlanta and she was always telling me, she was like, I think you'll be really good in real estate. You know, you like sales and all that type of stuff. I think you'll be really good in real estate. You talk to a lot of people, X, Y, Z. Um, and I had always kind of was just interested in real estate. Like everybody that I had researched that was wealthy had their hand in real estate. So I said, Hey, there has to be something to this. Like, you know, let's not reinvent the wheel. Let's go ahead and kind of follow that same trajectory. So I went ahead and jumped in, uh, at 26 and I've learned a lot by being in the business. And I feel like I've grown up in the business thus far. Uh, but again, it's, it's definitely something that I wouldn't trade. Got you. Got you. So when you first got into real estate, what was how your first year went versus what you expected? Yeah. So when I first got into to the business, um, my first probably seven or eight months, I was at a small local brokerage, family owned brokerage. And uh, I met the lady uh, through another person I knew that had gotten into the business and we still have a great relationship to this day. Um, but at the time, you know, it was a smaller brokerage. Um, she was kind of teaching us a lot of the things that she knew and she was a beast, but it's, it was hard for her to duplicate herself. Like <laughs> she was just, she just had some really, she was just very talented uh, as far as, you know, all the accomplishments that she's achieved in the business. But long story short, um, those first couple months, it was interesting because it was like, hey, this is kind of what you got to do, but there's no real, like, nobody's knocking on your door like, hey, I'm ready to buy a house. So after my first eight months, I end up coming to Keller Williams and, um, you know, learning a lot here. And with my first year being here, I actually became rookie of the year. So there was a big transition between where I was before and where I was right after that, making that transition. Got you. What what led you to switch companies? Yeah, so at the time, um, she had a lot of family things that were going on. Uh, like she had granddaughters that were being born and all of that. So 
she was in that phase of I need to be at home and be present with my family, which is absolutely where she was supposed to be at the time. However, I was just a new agent, just hungry for um, knowledge and how do I get my business going and all of those things. And it's really hard for you to kind of uh, pull on one person when you have so many people pulling at you at the same time. It's, it's really hard to kind of just fulfill everything that maybe everybody else needs. So that's what kind of got me on the journey of looking for other opportunity. And I was like, well, once I sell to the people that I know, like, what am I going to do at that point? Who am I going to talk to? How am I going to get business? And I started reaching out to some other agents that I knew. And through some conversations and all of those things, I kind of determined that Keller Williams was the best place for me to be just because it was kind of like a machine. You weren't really depending on one person. There was just so much training and so many uh, people and courses and all of those things that were available to you for you to constantly be able to learn. As long as you lean in and take advantage of what's available, then you should be able to be successful. So that's what kind of made me make the transition. Gotcha. So how... How did you do in your first year? So I went from two sales at the previous brokerage to finishing. Um, so I got my license in August of 2015 or 2014. And I didn't get my first sale until like April of 2015. So I went like seven or eight months without any sales. So I had two sales at the previous brokerage and I made a transition like right in May. And I finished the year with 20 sales. So it was a big difference between where I was there and what I end up kind of achieving by the end of the year. Got you. Do you attest that success to getting more time with someone at your current brokerage? Or was that where you were like, I'm going to have to go get it? Yeah, I think a, a lot of it was making that transition and leaning into all the training that we have here at Keller Williams. So, you know, at that point in time, we had a new class called, uh, we had a new, we had a class for the new agents, excuse me, called Ignite. And you would meet twice a week during this class and you would kind of go through, it would be an in-depth class, maybe about three or four hours where you were really digging into like, what should I say when I get on the phone and um, how many people should I be calling and uh, where should I be looking for business? How do I develop a database? What should go into that database? All of these different things. How do I work with sellers? How do I work with buyers? How do I create systems to be able to kind of uh, duplicate myself and keep things sustainable. So once you get busy, things aren't really falling through the cracks. So we were going through all these things. How do I price a home? You know, how do I run comps? All this type of stuff that was really beneficial. So now you're equipped to go out and be successful in the business. And when you're talking with people, you kind of know what you're talking about versus just picking up the phone and saying, hey, I, yeah, I'm in real estate. Like, can I help you out? There's a little bit more to it that helps you be successful and it helps you to uh, feel more confident when you're in conversations with people. Gotcha. What is your, where do you get majority of leads at right now? Majority of my business is sphere of influence. So um, people that I went to college with, uh, people that I did business with when I was at previous jobs, um, you know, people that we did business with from other little small side businesses that we've created over the years, just, out here trying to hustle. So a lot of it has just come from really grassroots organization, uh, relationships and sphere of influence. Gotcha. Do you do any type of uh, paid leads? No paid leads. I'll run from time to time whenever we have listings, I'll run ads like Facebook ads and things like that for our listings, but nothing consistent 
as far as internet leads or anything of that nature. Um, this year, my business partner and I have kind of done some radio advertising where we are, we're going on um, a radio show twice a month and just having about a 30 minute conversation with the host. Um, and that has kind of turned over a few opportunities. But at the end of the day, none of the external things outweigh my source of uh, my sphere of influence when it comes to source of business. Gotcha. And your business partner, how long you guys been partners? Just this year. So this is the first year that we we partnered together. Um, it's been a, be- a pretty interesting experience. Elaborate. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, we uh, previously we were both individual agents kind of running our own uh, teams and things like that. And we've both been very top producers here at the brokers. We kind of came into Keller Williams at the same time. And, uh, you know, we've always had these conversations of what would it look like if we actually just like put our numbers together and we partnered together. Um, So we decided to just kind of jump off the boat and do it this year. So it's been it's been good. Um, I mean, you know, there have been things that he's been able to kind of hold in the road for me, especially with us having a kid this year. So like I've really been able to kind of lean on him and help out in a, a lot of those spaces where I wasn't able to fill in during that time period. And then as well, like I bring some strengths to the table that has been beneficial for the partnership also. So it's just been it's just been different. You know, you're having to kind of run cohesively with somebody else versus just running by yourself and operating the way that you want to. So it is a lot more communication and conversation about how should we approach this and what's going to be our next source of business that we're going to try to go after and, you know, where we're going to put marketing dollars and all of those things. So that's why I say it's interesting because when you're used, it's almost like being single. When you're used to being single, you just do what you want to do. But when you're in a partnership with somebody, now you got to have conversations and y'all have to be on the same page and all of those things in order to make sure that you're kind of moving progressively. Gotcha. With that being said, in the partnership, what is your role? So I'm more so the detail-oriented person. Um, he's more so he has the the big ideas and I'm more so like, okay, how do we actually turn this into something? How do we make it turn into fruition? So I'm more the detail analytical, like look at the numbers, all of those things kind of guy. He's the, Hey, I got this bright idea. Let's just go run. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to put all the pieces together. So that has been interesting as well, because again, he likes to run fast. I like to run a little slower, but we have to kind of also check with each other as far as just kind of making sure that we're running along the same speed of where we need to be. Gotcha. Gotcha. With that being said, uh, what is, what's more your strength, listings or buyers? So we've always been, he and I both individually and collectively have always been very buyer heavy. Okay. Yeah, we've been very buyer heavy. And that's just majority of the people that we know from over the years. Again, people that we went to college with and just people that we work with in the community. A lot of those people have been either buying their first home or now they're starting to upgrade homes. So they're selling their first home and purchasing a second home. But yeah, we've always been very buyer heavy. Gotcha. Is there a different system that you had to put in play? Because now it's not just you know, Justin Williams is Justin Williams and, and partner. Um, so what worked for you as Justin 
may not work for him and what worked for him may not work for you. Mm -hmm. So how did y'all bring together your systems? Yeah, so before we kind of got together, we really fleshed it out. And we actually had this conversation for about two years before we decided to do it. So we really fleshed it out and said, okay, well, you know, this is what, and we both kind of operate pretty similarly when it comes to like just source of business and stuff like that. So from that aspect, it wasn't a lot that we had to change, but, you know, bringing in an assistant and what does that look like? You know, what do you want her to do versus what do I want her to do? He's like, hey, I really don't care where she is. She can be in Kalamazoo as long as she gets the work done. She's fine. He's fine with that. I'm more so like, hey, I don't mind that, but I prefer for the person to be in the office because now I can hand them things and we can't, like, there's not a breakdown in communication when it's via text message or sending an email or having to pick up the phone and call somebody. I can literally just turn around and say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I need those things so that's probably the detail part of me that says hey i want that person to be working a little bit closer with it so again there are just you know some small nuances in the way that we operate differently but overall you know we're pretty similar in, in the way that we actually get business what was the benefit to creating a partnership yeah so we again like i said we've both been high producing agents over the years. So we both are top 20%. Uh, we both are, you know, I would say probably he had his team, you know, I've always been top 10 single agent in the office. He and his team were always top 10 um, team in the office. And then I brought on a buyer's agent and all of those things. Uh, but the, the actual idea behind the partnership is, hey, we're doing really good individually, but what does that look like collectively? So when we're talking about actually getting into larger rooms, because now you're doing 25, you know, 20, 25, 30 million as a unit versus having to do 8, 10, 12 individually, what does that look like for you to be able to open up new doors and new opportunities and get into the other rooms that you may not would normally get in with your current production level? Got you. So how... How is the partnership going versus what you guys expected? Because you can flush it out all we want. There's still right. things that we're not going to think of. So has it been beneficial faster or is it still like a slow process because you're still getting used to it and you've got the new baby? So that's something that probably wasn't expected, you know, when you were talking two years ago. Yeah. So I know we're recording, but let me ask you this. When are you going to air this? Um, <laughs> and the other reason I asked that. Hold on, let me pause. So one thing that uh, led me to you, we met on Clubhouse probably right in the beginning of Clubhouse mm -hmm. during the pandemic. I think right. we spoke once on IG because that was the only way to connect. And then after that, I just followed you and have been following you. Um, so then I seen all of a sudden, you know, you had a partner. And I thought that that was cool that you got two brothers in real estate working together. Um, right. You don't see that much in terms of real estate. And then you really don't see a lot of it, period. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what kind of brought me to that. Um 
So in terms of the partnership itself, um, where, where did the systems from your side come into play? And then like, where was his system? Where you intertwined it to? Yeah, so I was the, the person that was a little bit more system oriented. Um, you know, I like to, I guess I'll say I'm a little bit more of the control freak. I like to kind of hold <laughs> on to things and make sure that they're running properly and all of those things. So like little things like our profit and loss statement, like I use QuickBooks for all of those things. And I'm heavily watching all of those things on a monthly basis. He's more so like, hey, as long as we bring in bread, we good. <laughs> and, you know, and that's no not. That's just he's not a detail oriented person. So little things like that saying, hey, OK, well, we're not necessarily getting a return on the investment that we would like on this one. Like, let's let's talk about what maybe we could do with this money that we can get a little bit better return on. So like some of the advertisements that we've done they just weren't really turning like we thought that they should. So it was like, okay, how do we pivot and maybe redirect what we're asking for out of this part, you know, out of this relationship with them, or how do we maybe just cut ties and put this money in a different place? Um, so when we're talking about like buyers and sellers and different things like that. So when we have our buyers that come in, what does it look like when we intake a buyer, they come in, we have the phone call, we send them over to the lender. Once that lender gets them pre-approved, we kind of do a quick consult so they understand what it looks like in order to be able to purchase a home in today's market. Then we go ahead and get them set up. Uh, we have a showing assistant as well that assists us with showing our clients. So when they're ready to go and look at a home, they're not just limited to my availability or his availability. We have a third person that's available as well to try to make sure that the client can meet their time frame or when they need to look. Um, they go out, take a look at the properties. They call us, let us know, hey, we really like this. We follow up. We write an offer, you know, all those different things. And it goes to our transaction coordinator. She takes over from there as far as running the back end with scheduling, home inspections and following up with the lender and the title attorney and all those different pieces, getting things ordered, home warranty, termite, all of those things. So, you know, that's where it kind of came in to like from a system basis hey, this is what I bring to the table as far as like really making sure this stuff is churning how it's supposed to. And then his is like, you know, how do we go create a big partnership with the city? Or how do we go and create a, a big partnership with, you know, somebody else as far as bringing them in so we can create like a consistent source of business? Got you. Do you guys do any uh, home buying seminars or home seller seminars, anything like that? Yeah, so now that we're kind of getting out of the pandemic, uh, we're going back to a lot of those things. Um, maybe about two or three months ago, maybe not even that long ago, we did something called Buyers and Brunch. And we, we invited kind of like our, what we would consider our hot people who necessarily may not be looking right now, but they're in the next three to six months we're going to be looking. And we really just kind of... Um, talked about what does it look like to buy in today's market, not more so the nuances of what a home inspection looks like or um, an appraisal or how do you look for a house and those things that you were talking in a traditional buyer seminar. We knew that we were starting to go into a shifting market. So what does it look like in, in order to be able to purchase in today's market with higher interest rates? Or what does it look like to be able to purchase to, in today's market with 
you know, you having certain pockets that are still getting over list price, but then you have certain homes that are just sitting on the market for 30, 60, 90 days. Like, what does all of that look like? There are so many shifting things and interesting dynamics in the market at one time, and it's confusing to buyers. So that was really what we were kind of leaning in on was that type of detail for those people who were looking in the next three to six months. Got you. Was, was that a successful event? Yeah, it, we had a really good turnout. We had a really good turnout. Um, we had a lot of great questions. We had a lot of people that we've been able to kind of follow up with and kind of get them on the road to being able to purchase within the next three to six months. So those people are, some people were already kind of ready and ready to rock and roll. So we've already started looking for homes for those people. And some people had a little work to do, but it was really good for them to understand what is it going to look like when I am actually ready to hit the ground running? This is the kind of market that I'm going to be walking into. Right. Right. Wow. So that's that's great. Um, what type of follow up do you do to maintain those relationships with your uh, current and past clients? Yeah. So we have our database. So that's that's kind of the, the bread and butter of the business where we're putting in all of our clients' information, their home address, their their birthdays, their home anniversaries, all of those things. So that way we can have as much information on that person as possible. And then we run what we call a 36-touch program. So that 36-touch program allows us to be able to touch them in one or four ways, and uh, one of four ways, excuse me, throughout the year. So they get 12 emails from us. They get 12 postcards from us. They get... Um, at least four phone calls from us just checking in. Hey, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Christmas or Merry Christmas. Stuff like that. Happy birthday. Different things like that. Hey, here's what the current value of your home is. I know you've been in your house for about a year. So this is what the current value of the home looks like. And then you know, when we have different events, like we talked about buyers and brunch or client appreciation events or different things like that, just kind of touching base with them about those events as well. Uh, new listings that we have, kind of sending out who do you know, because a lot of times they have an idea of somebody that may want to live in their neighborhood, but it gives them an opportunity to kind of engage with us past that actual just purchase or sale of their home. So that's generally what our follow-up looks like after they pass by um, the point of buying a home where we're able to kind of stay in relationship with them. If they haven't purchased, then depending on where they are, if they're like a hot lead, then we're probably talking to them at least two or three times a month, just following up. Hey, you know, are you doing X, Y, Z that the lender has recommended that you're doing? Are you getting that credit card down? Or, you know, are you working on your credit if that's the case? Or, you know, are you saving your money? Whatever that plan of action was that we were working on that has them kind of waiting, we're following up on that. If there are three to six to nine month person out, then we're probably having a conversation once a month. Like, hey, I'm just checking in. I want to make sure that we're staying in communication. Any questions that you have? Have any homes popped up that you saw that were really interesting to you? Tell me about that particular house and what was interesting to you about that house. So a lot of call follow up, but making sure that we're keeping that email and postcard and text message, that kind of stuff. And of course, you know, we interact with a lot of our clients on social media as well. So they can kind of see all of that just to make sure that we're staying in front of them. Got you. You still on Clubhouse? I am, but I, I haven't logged into Clubhouse in forever. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was, it, it was worth what it was at the time when you couldn't go out. As soon as people start hitting them streets again, 
Right. Um, <laughs> I still Once like, it's so, still long enough, right? Yeah. I know we might. Uh, I have to digress, but man, I seen uh, people who was on there all day. Like yeah. I'd hop on in the morning, they'd have a little session. You come back, they still on. There. I was like, what in the world? Yeah, I don't have time like that to just sit down on Clubhouse all day. Nah, I didn't have time for that either, man. I didn't have time. If someone is looking to get into a partnership with another agent, um, what are a few things they need to look for or figure out before they merge together? What would be some suggestions? Number one, I would say similar work ethic. Um, you don't want to partner with somebody that does not have the same work ethic as you do because you're going to be carrying the load, okay? So if you all have similar work ethic, then at that point, you're not questioning, you know, what are they doing or I can't necessarily see what they're doing. You just already know, like, hey, we both have the same grind and we're both going to, you know, make sure that the ship is righted based on what our efforts are um, putting into what we're trying to build. Number two, I would say probably the more or the really, really most important thing outside of work ethic would be making sure that your visions align. So, you know, a lot of times everybody kind of has their own vision of where they want to go, but make sure those visions align. Um, even if they don't specifically detailly align together, make sure that you all are willing to work towards the same goal. So meaning that you know, one person may want to do something or one person may want to go about it a different way. But if you're both willing to work towards the same goal, then you can kind of overcome those little small things like, hey, I want to do it this way, but you want to do it that way. Or I want to go this way, but you want to go that way. It's not necessarily I put it to you like this. You're not working out of, um, you know, a feeling at that point. You're literally just working a plan. You know, it's like, hey, the plan is to build this house. At that point, it's not like, well, hey, I want to build a two-story house. I want to build a three-story house. I want to build a basement home. Like, the plan was we're going to build this house. These are the details. This is what it's going to look like. We already have said this from the beginning. So we're not changing courses. This is the actual plan that we're going to follow. And it keeps all the extra feelings out of it. And then maybe if you want to kind of revise the plan, that's fine, but make sure you're just both working towards that same goal. Makes sense, man. Makes sense. Um, when do you know when to go into that partnership? It's one thing to be aligned, right? But your partner could have a, a person you want to partner may have a whole lot of crap going on. Like, when do you know, like, okay, this is the perfect time to go because A, I can aid him or her, or Let's let this cool down and then we can partner because it may not be anything bad. It just may not be the timing. So how did you guys know? All right, let's get it. Because you say you talked about it for two years. Yeah. So it's interesting that you bring up that question, because when we when we initially started the conversation, um, I was kind of getting rid of a buyer's agent and he was breaking down a team. Okay. So at that point, we were like, I was like, hey, all right, I think I'm ready now. And he was like, uh, I'm not quite ready because I got too much stuff that I got to deal with, with kind of uh, breaking down this team and who's going to come and who's not going to come. Like, I just really feel like I need to kind of clean up this mess that I have going on over here with this team. 
to make sure that I'm bringing, you know, everything that I'm supposed to bring to the partnership and not just bringing some, you know, old stuff that, that may be lingering from this, this previous setup that I had. Right. So we kind of waited at that point. Then we brought it back to the table again and had the conversation. And then at that point, we both pretty much had clean slates. Like um, I didn't have an assistant anymore. He didn't have any team members. It was just literally just the two of us at that point because we had broken everything down. Um, and some of it kind of broke itself down along the way before we made the decision to to actually jump into the partnership. So I would say, you know, the right time to partner would probably be whenever you understand that everybody has all their you know, stuff taken care of externally and that we both can really just focus in on this one thing together. Right. So with cleaning out, I guess, cleaning up your business and your systems, um, looking back a year ago uh, or whenever you started, do you wish you had started sooner? Has it made it easier for you guys or you think it's the right? I don't, yeah, I don't think that we should have started any sooner, uh, you know, because everybody needs to be at the right place. You need to be in the right place in your business. You need to be in the right place mentally. You know, and when I say mentally, like understanding that you might have to let down that ego a little bit. Like this is not your show right. <laughs> anymore. This is y'all's, you know, this is we, this is us at that point so like you know everybody kind of has to be in the right place in order to be able to make it work gotcha that's good and i think we were at that place you know when we decided to go ahead and kind of make the partnership cool cool so do you do any type of personal development stuff absolutely i mean that's probably that's every day for me like i'm always listening to podcasts, reading books, you know, more so a lot of audibles, like while I'm driving in between showings and different things like that. I'm always looking up stuff on the internet, just kind of to personally develop myself, YouTube, especially, you know, all the different, you know, podcasts and different shows and different things of that nature. Uh, so yeah, a ton of personal and just professional development. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. So, Justin, man, this has been insightful. Um, you know, I wanted to, you know, I've had podcasts about, um, you know, people joining teams, had people who've had teams and they have went on to start a brokerage. Um, but I've never had anybody who well, I had people become a team, but it was husband and wife. Right. So naturally. Mm -hmm. Is you know, you got the one common goal was the household, but I hadn't had two brothers come together and create a team. Um, so it was intriguing to see, and I'm glad we had an opportunity to, to talk it out and kind of see how that works. Um, for anyone who may be in the situation where they're looking to form a team, uh, they may be able to brokerage that isn't as knowledgeable about teams. You know, I know that's mm -hmm. one of Keller Williams's bread and butters. You know, I, I think they created starting teams, if I'm not mistaken, um, or had a hand in it. How can they get in contact with you? Yeah, so you can give me a call. You can reach me at 
9440. Um, you can also send me an email just in time at kw.com. Uh, you can follow me on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm not on TikTok yet, so I guess I got to kind of get with the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I'm sure man. my son will have me on TikTok pretty soon, though. <laughs> <laughs> Doing some baby pictures or something. Right. Yeah. So this has been the Black Real Estate Voices podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. Our special guest, Mr. Justin Williams. You have a great day.